everybody and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, getting better. Thank you all for being here. My name is Ben Hansen, and I'm happy to be here. I'm joined by old Bebop Jacob Geller. That's me, I'm back. I'm joined by Jeff Marchiafava. Hello! And I'm joined by New Year, New Attitude, New Her, Sarah Podzorski! Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm doubling down on my bull****. <laughs> All right, hang on. Swearing. Make yeah, it first, time. first bleep of the year for Ben. Do, do um, you're a confident person, I believe, Sarah. Do you, are you into the New yes. Year's resolutions? Do you do anything, no. or do you just write on a blackboard, "I'm perfect," and then move I on? I mean, I have my thing is I have things I want to accomplish in right. the new year, but I feel like New Year's resolutions are just kind of ways of, for people to like pre-brag yes. on what they want to do. Yes. It really feels like you're just like you're like pre-bragging. You're like this year. I'm going to do, like, I'm going to learn a new language. And you're like, okay, get back to me at the end of the year with your new language that I know you're not going to learn. You're right, because if you blast it on social media, you'll get 20% of the love So many people would. will be like, oh, my God, what an accomplished individual. Yeah. I've never heard somebody say they want to lose weight before. You're a hero. Truly a visionary. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're getting worse and worse with each episode. Uh, please get used to that. Mm -hmm. uh, on this episode of The Mid-Max Show, we are talking all about 2023, but forget these ways of getting better. We're talking about what really matters in this world. Go, 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 games! Uh, we're going to break down uh, individually. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm, this is off to an obnoxious start. Uh, we're going to break down five games that we're each looking forward to, and then I think there's going to be a big honorable mention section because it turns out 2023 is going to be a good year for games, or so it looks, at least right now. And then the back half of the show, we have some wonderful questions from the community they submitted over there on Patreon. We're going to answer them, and they're going to be really smart and really engaging and really fun. So stay tuned, everybody, for that. <laughs> uh, okay. We each have five games for 2023. I had a tough time making this list because I'm still in the mindset of, like, finalizing my favorite games from 2022, which I try to be as focused and as honest as possible. And so making this list of most anticipated games, I was really bringing it down to the science and I was like, you know what? This is a looser list. It's just five games we're looking forward to. We'll talk about a bunch of stuff in here. I don't need to be like, is this three or number two? Oh. Jeff, what was your experience like of looking at games in 2023? Um, you know, it was interesting. There was, there was one that I... It feels like I have a lot more games that I'm just kind of hoping that I will end up liking. And it's, I, I've divorced myself from reality making this list. And it's, <laughs> it's like, well, the concept of this game sounds so cool. I'm going to put it on this list and I'm going to hope it turns out how much faith I actually have. Like if this was a list of predict the best games of 2023, right. it would look very different. Right. But. So your list is under the assumption that every game is a solid 9.5 as it releases. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you want to just say meet your maker or should we just uh, read in between the lines here? Meet my maker. Oh, that wasn't on the list. That's the one I think of that everyone's written for to be cool. What do you got? Give me give me one of the games that you're looking forward to in 2023. Oh, we're starting, huh? Why not? Um... Should I just open? Should I just open the can of worms so that you guys can all gush about it yes. early? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's Zelda. I'm I'm wow. looking forward to Zelda. I want yep. I want to really like this game. And you were a very late comer to Breath of the Wild. Or you played when it came out, and you're like, I played it when it came out. Yeah. And I didn't like it, and I <sighs> I went back to it two more times. Um. And it it grew on me. It certainly grew on me. It the the real catalyst was uh. My wife played the entire thing and loved it. And so I 
she was kind of on the couch next to me. It 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 was also that was a double edged sword though because every time she got annoyed with something, she gave it to me to play through it. So I played through like the worst parts of it. Oh, the camel you had to like sneak through the flower patch section. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and like every janky physics based like hit this boulder into this hill on the you know into a hole on the side of a hill, and it's like, man, I don't want to be doing this. Why are you? But I'm married to her, so I have to. So, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but but I but that allowed me to see a lot more of the game that I hadn't gotten to the first couple times, and you know, just kind of her enthusiasm enthusiasm about it rubbed off on me more. And and now you're officially hyped for now. Tears of the Kingdom. I'm I'm going to go into it with a with a <laughs> clean slate, a good attitude, like I did the first time. Yeah, I really wanted to like the like it the first time, um, and I'm hoping that this. The next iteration will, you know, I, I hope it will work for me. See, be, I feel like I'm a little nervous for it, right? Yeah. Like, how do they recapture that Breath of the Wild experience or build on it? I'm afraid we're going to get, like, a Skyward Sword situation <laughs> where it just doesn't work for me in I, some ways. But it's so based on what we've seen on Breath of the Wild. It's one of those things of, like, I don't know what they could mess up here. If they went... I really have like seen very little though. I watched Link stand on a platform in the sky one too many times. Yeah, it's like it, where it, is the gameplay? It it's kind of I've been like if it was truly just like a shuffled Breath of the Wild, would I like it? You know, would I be totally happy with it? And I like I genuinely don't know the answer. Like maybe yeah. it, you know because I I constantly think about like I wish I could just erase my experience of Breath of the Wild and play that again for the first time. So if that's this is a chance to do that, but like, who knows? It is. It. I mean, it is weird because Breath of the Wild thing is one of the greatest games of all time. It was my favorite game in 2017. But there's definitely a part of me. And by the way, I am officially noting for the record that we also think it's funny that we've been talking about the sequel to Breath of the Wild and our most anticipated games of the year for the last three years. But this year, it seems like it's actually happening on May 12th, 2023. Or Kyle's going to eat his hat yeah, and or butt. And, or <laughs> Kyle will eat his butt, as he made very clear on last week's episode of the podcast. Um, <laughs> but there is a part of me that is wondering, like, God, is is it just will the magic hit me again? Like, it just it felt so new last time around that if it's a cooler more complicated technically version of breath of the wild i worry that i'm not going to be hit over heels about it and that stresses me out um but the thing that i I think is going to be absolutely wild and that i'm really banking on with this game is like the time manipulation stuff the little teases that they've had in the trailers if it's just the physics playground or multiplicative gameplay as nintendo put it of breath of the wild but then you combine the ability to rewind all these things throughout time that could i don't know part of me is just like i'm hoping for some really wild creative videos i guess of people almost breaking the game with the opportunities that afford so i'm i'm hoping they push hard in that systems level zaniness and less so in the I don't know, I say narrative, but not that I didn't like the narrative stuff in Breath of the Wild. I just think that's also a formula that's tough to repeat of here's these memories that you'll discover at the end, you know? I'm I'm weirdly nervous about the tech, which is another thing that like feels mm-hmm. like it doesn't yep. make sense, but it's like Breath of the Wild is 
still the best looking Switch game, uh, you hmm. know, like one of the most kind of technically impressive games on that platform. And so it's like, well, they did it once and I would be happy if it just looked like that again in like a different map. But it's just it, it's kind of like, it, I don't know, the Switch is just old and underpowered now. And even it, it just kind of like, I don't know, I'll be I'll be happy if they manage to get the kind of same level of visual performance and fidelity and whatever as the first game but it feels like if they're pushing themselves harder yeah. they're going to run into those switch walls harder if the world's yeah. even bigger i think early yeah. switches are really gonna chug with this new game because early switches like original release switches i'm already hearing reports that like games are starting to not run as well or it's just well it should be the same innards as current stuff isn't it I think, but it's just old, right? Like, the technology okay. gets old. Your Switch gets old. Joy-Con's going to drift like crazy. Joy-Con's will drift. It is weird. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be a big ding for reviews is, like, even with Breath of the Wild, it's like, oh, the frame rate would drop, but five years later when that frame rate, frame rate drops, even if, like, if it's exactly the same frame rate as Breath of the Wild, I think people are going to notice it a lot more and be less forgiving. It's weird to talk about the sequel to the greatest game of all time and we're all worried about it. But that's kind of the vibe, right? We've been waiting for so long too, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, will it pay off? Question mark? Yeah. Uh, Joe Stone, by the way, wrote in from the community over there on Patreon and they asked, hey, is uh, Tears of the Kingdom automatically going to be game of the year? Should we stop this debate right now? Well, it'll definitely be family game of the year. <laughs> oh, Keely's. So you can have that one. Oh, Keely's. No, you don't know where hands. that plot goes. You AKA saw that like, dead <laughs> mummy hand. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be yeah, a scary game. Dehydrated Ganon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say yes. I would be shocked if Tears of the Kingdom isn't game of the year. I mean, the the concept that we shouldn't even, that we should just, it's like, okay, it's over now. And it is the over. game is still four months away. Like, I saw I I thumbed up that question, Hanson, because it annoyed me. Really? Because you think it's still <laughs> yes. you think any game on this list stands a shot at Game of the Year more than Tears I of the I mean, Kingdom. I'm sure not because I know how Zelda fans are, but how yeah. about we wait till it actually comes out and see if all of you feel reassured by what you play, since you all obviously have your own like concerns about it. Okay. Did it, am I the only one who was awake for the last five minute conversation that I, you guys all just had about like, I don't, I don't remember I, I certainly that it was going to be gonna... number one. Don't put me in that category. Okay. Yeah, okay. I've got other games. I've got other games. Yeah. I don't remember that either. Jacob Keller. I think you're out of line for saying it's automatic. <laughs> yeah, game of Come on, man. Be cool. Uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, May 12th. Uh, a lot of people naturally are saying, Hey, do the deepest dive on Zelda. Um, we think that would be hard to do. Like the magic of, a Breath of the Wild style game, which I guess we can say now, is go anywhere, do anything. So the idea of like doing a deepest dive on it, I don't think would work. Go to um, these two sacred beasts and then stop. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks so bad. So we'll we'll probably have a lot of bonus discussions about uh, Tears of the Kingdom and stuff, but not really in a strict deepest dive format. But uh, Sarah, what do you got? What's going to be better than Tears of the Kingdom? My probably most anticipated game for 2023 is Baldur's Gate 3, Ooh. which I played back in 2020. Um, and they only had like, it was kind of early access, like really, really buggy and it crashed a lot. And um, I, it wasn't all there. It ended really soon, but it was so amazing. So you played even through Even though it was crashing, even though I was like struggling, the glitches were out of control. It was amazing. Wow. Like I, I knew a lot of people dabbled in it. I booted it up for a little bit as well, but you actually played through like to the stop, the end point of mm -hmm. the content for 2020 at least. Yeah. That's impressive. What was amazing about it? I, 
I was going in thinking that it was going to be like Divin- like Divinity Original Sin 2, which is not, it's not. So no. if that's what you think it's like, you have to like reset your expectations. But it plays a lot like D&D. So you have to do roles for like chatting with other characters, for like looting chests. Everything's like a dice roll that they'll do for you. Even like attacks and battles kind of like a dice roll. Yeah. Which is, which was fun. But, you know, it's not fun if you're, like, constantly rolling poorly and just failing everything. But it still had, you know, it had a very compelling story. It felt like you could really make your character how you wanted to make your character. You could explore the world how you wanted to explore the world. You could basically, similarly to Divinity Original Sin 2, choose the way you wanted to experience a lot of the story. Like, how you wanted to play, the person you wanted to be. Um, So, yeah, I can't wait because they added a bunch of stuff to it between when I played it in 2020 and now. Yeah. So... I'm hyped. Yeah. And just if you have only played Divinity Original Sin or like seen Larian's games in the past, like, and you haven't paid attention to Baldur's Gate 3, you should look at some of this gameplay because especially just like uh, the way they're presenting the story, the camera work, it's no longer kind of the isometric perspective for the more narrative heavy sequences, at least like it looks more like Witcher 3 than you're probably thinking. Um, but yeah, this is, that's a good call. I think this is going to be huge. It's uh, officially launching August, 2023. And God, you remember, I I didn't play enough of it, but like Divinity Original Sin 2, when that game released, when was that? 2018, something like that? Um, but the people that love that game were so gaga over it. <laughs> like, I'm just imagining that groundswell again. I'm already imagining, Sarah, for the two yeah. tens for 2023, I think you're going to be the one that like is screaming, you idiots, it's Baldur's Gate 3. Why aren't you paying attention oh, to Baldur's Gate Oh, absolutely. I just checked my Divinity Original Sin 2 gameplay time, and it's yeah. 132 hours. Jesus Christ. Of that, Divinity that Original Sin like, 2. That feels like one of those games where it's like, if we had all played it, we would all collectively yep. agree. Like, yeah, best game of all time. But it's like, well, it, I haven't, and I'm probably not going to, so I'm going to keep saying that it's something else. Yeah, that's awesome. I assume you're not a Baldur's Gate 2 fan back in the day or anything, Sarah? No, I started. I Divinity Original Sun 2 was the only one that I've played. Sure, sure. Um, how often do you play D&D in your life? Every other Sunday. Really? For like the past, I finished a D&D campaign. It was like a year-long campaign. And I actually finished it with my That's friends. That's very impressive. Like Thank the same you. group the time? I know, it's a millennial time. dream. It's just to finish a D&D campaign. Is this why you're so judgmental about everybody else's social gatherings? Is because you're like so no. efficient and militant about like you have the same group every other Sunday. It's the best. We can't be topped. No, it's just, that's what I like to do with my friends. It does sound good. Have snacks and play D&T. That sounds good. Uh, Jacob, what do you got for 2023? Uh, let's let's uh, kick it off with a big one. Hollow Knight Silk Song. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? <laughs> why, Jacob Keller? What is it about this game that has the internet losing its goddamn mind? I, Hollow Knight isn't unbelievably good game like a a, a game that i feel like just gets every year we look back and we're like gosh darn hollow knight is a good game um (laughs) and it 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 really feels like i guess the thing with silk song is like there are no doubts in my mind you know it's like there there is just like nothing about hollow knight is accidentally good you know every choice is just so considered that it's like i i really just can't see a world where they you know i could see it being 
as good, maybe maybe missing a little of the magic of your first playthrough of Hollow Knight, but it's just like it is going to be an unbelievably solid game uh, because they've spent six years making it. When when did Hollow Knight come out? Same year as Breath of the Wild. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Then yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like it's it's just going to be great. I, I have no doubt. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And they just say what 2023 they haven't given a specific date. They show, here's here's the the important bit is there was that Xbox presentation last year yeah. and they said every game here is going to come out within the next year. And I think that was in like June or something. And they showed Hollow Knight there. So theoretically coming out right within a year of that presentation. That's interesting. I I was looking, as we talked about last week, I was looking for games to play in my Steam Deck. And I was like, oh, should I go back to Hollow Knight? Should I give that one its chance again? Like, I tried it back in the day, but I think just the difficulty scared me away at a certain point. But maybe, maybe now post Elden Ring, I'm like so good at all games, I could go back and be really good at this. I, I think you'd be, I mean, it's like, okay. it's a hard 2D game, but it's not like, it, it, it's not, it's not, you know, super punishing. Okay, good enough for me. Hollow Knight Silk Song. Um, let's see. One that I'm very much looking forward to uh, next year is now. This is this confusing. Year. This year is like a dragon wow. Gaiden. Colon the man who erased his name. Um, Sarah, remember mm-hmm. hearing about this thing? Remember learning about this one? Yeah. It's confusing because there's a couple of them. Because there's like a dragon Ishin, which is coming out February mm-hmm. 21st, and that's the one that is in the past. Yep. Um, that's the remake of the PS3 game. But then Like a Dragon Gaiden is the one that has Kiryu continuing his story post six and is kind of a weird bridge between six and seven is how they're pitching this, if you recall this. Sarah, I know you're God, sensitive. this man does not age. <laughs> he doesn't age. Kiryu has looked great. This man, I think he's supposed to be in his like 50s or 60s now unbelievable he looks looks incredible he looks incredible do you feel we were just talking last week on the podcast about you going through the entire series and stuff and you're on yakuza 5 right now yeah do you think by the time we get to like a dragon gaiden which is probably going to be later 2023 you'll have finished six at least i hope so okay all right. The games are just, they're getting longer. This is They're adding more characters to every single, every number the characters go up. This is why I'm excited about this game in particular. Partly because I've only dabbled, like I started zero and I started six. Um, but I love like a dragon, uh, seven if you will. And so I don't really have that much experience with this character. And so what I'm excited about, yeah, <gasps> not really. Oh my God. And so I'm excited what? about this because they say it's like a shorter Yakuza experience. So the idea of a Yakuza game, but they say this one's going to be like 10 to 20 hours. And also it'll help fill me in on who Kiryu is, at least at this point in his life. I It sounds like the perfect recipe. Uh, it's it's going back to kind of the brawler angle. It's not going to be a turn-based RPG and whatnot, but it's like, yeah, for 10 to 20 hours, I'll I'll mash a button. I'll beat somebody also, up. I'm fine with that. It is, it is cool to think about. I mean, last week we were talking about how like, because the games are so big, they have you know the cutscenes are so variable quality but it's like if they focus that into a 20 hour game rather mm-hmm. than like an 80 hour game the kind of like the consistent highs they could hit seems like it would just be off the charts totally but then if that team is also working on Ishin this year and then also <laughs> yeah, working on like on a how many Yakuza's they're they making this yeah. make so many dang games <laughs> it's mm-hmm. 
unbelievable. Uh, but I think I think this game would make a good deepest dive. I don't want to promise anything, but I think that'd be fun for whenever this is. Are you telling hits. me to get to work? Are you, cra- are you cracking the Yakuza whip, Ben? Uh, no, you stream what you want to stream, Sarah. But there is a part of me that's like, oh, that'd be really cool. I feel like Yakuza would be a good series to tackle for the deepest dive. And this is like a nice middle ground for everybody because we don't need to dive into seven stuff if you get to just this point, Sarah. So I'm not mm-hmm. cracking the whip, but... I'm very menacingly taking a whip and setting it on the table in front of both of us, I think is what's happening. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Jeff, you want to go for another one? Uh, yeah. From this point on, it's I'm I'm in that territory of like... I don't know how they're going to turn so defeated? Out, but I, I, just, I just want them to be good. It's my, my next one's Starfield. It's, it's probably the game I'm most excited for even though it's a Bethesda game and I, I feel like I don't know how, I, I don't know if we have hit yet or I, I don't know how we haven't hit that, hit that peak of like, Hey, you're not the only ones doing open world games. Now you gotta, you gotta like polish these things up and you still haven't managed to do that yet. It's I, and so I'm, I'm, I don't know what the reception is going to be like to this one. It's so you know, it's it's like No Man's Sky level of ambitious, which just seems like disaster in the making. But it is weird, like hearing Todd Howard talk about it, the way he talks about how many planets and solar systems you can go to. He's like, well, once we made the tech, you know, you can go to five and it's not that different from going to five million. So I forget what the exact number is, like 10,000 different yeah. solar systems, something like that. Yeah, um, that, that that doesn't instill me with any kind of confidence. Yeah, it feels like everyone heard that and was like, oh, no. Like, I, I don't mm. know anyone who was excited by hearing that you could go to 10,000 planets. Right, right. Yeah. It, it is. I'm fascinated by your tone, Jeffum. Like Skyrim, I know. one of the greatest games of all time, has sold 400 million copies and now... I guess, you know, Fallout 4 and a little bit of Fallout 76. He's protecting his heart, Ben. <laughs> Stop He's it. protecting I mean, it's himself emotionally. Open that and it's, heart. It, it's also like, I think Morrowind is the only one of those games that I've beaten. Mm. You know, I never beat Skyrim. I, I play each one for like 100 hours just doing random stuff, you know, like simming my life in this weird open world. And, and I want to do that in space now. And so I'm, I don't... It could be a complete disaster, but that doesn't necessarily mean I won't have fun for the amount of time that I feel like I need to get a good experience out of it. And for some reason, like Bethesda, whether they've earned it or not, it's a company that every time a game comes out, I just want it. I I want them to bridge that gap and be like, oh, yeah, this is really knocking the socks off me. Mm-hmm. I know it's not going to happen, but I'm but I'm happy to root for them every time, I guess. I don't know. I like it's it's like that. It's it's almost like the kind of Nintendo nostalgia, except Nintendo successfully does it every time, I suppose you could argue. But mm-hmm. but it's like that. Mm-hmm. It's that cash of I played more. Morrowind was the first open world game I played. It like blew my mind and I'm still like they're still good in my book because of that. Yeah, it is weird. Like early on, I think one of the first interviews Todd Howard did about this game, it was with, I was like, New Yorker, is with some non games media outlet. But he said, oh, he describes the game as just Skyrim in space. Like he just very succinctly put it like that. And it was weird. Like, I think there's a critical blowback of like, if it's just Skyrim in space, we're going to have a problem here, bud. But I think there are dozens of millions of players that are like, sign me up. That sounds great. And yeah. so if it is just that, Jeffum. 
and it's going to be janky. I bet the shooting's not going to be great. I bet the ship combat's not going to be great, but fine. Are you going to be happy? You're, I mean, you're describing Fallout, and it's well, yeah. like, like I have had a tail off with Fallout as well. You know, like yeah. even as those games have gotten like more competent from the shooting, I still think I had the most fun with Fallout Three, even though you couldn't play that one as a shooter. Right. But it's just so I, I don't even know where I'm going to land on it when it comes out. But I just, I want to see what they do with the systems. I want to see what their next iteration is of, like they always make system heavy gameplay and lots of different weird progression and things like that. And I just want to, it's, and I, I feel like yeah. there, there is just stuff where it's like, no matter how the game, you know, plays or whatever, like imagine how good the soundtrack is going to be, you know, yeah. like imagine how there, there are kind of certain things that are like, even with all Bethesda's whatever, it's like that game is going to deliver things that only a game that cost $300 million and has been in development for like eight years can deliver, you know, and that is just kind of exciting. And so stuff, stuff like stuff like the soundtrack, stuff like, you know, the design of the major planets, I think is going to be, you know, pretty jaw dropping. You know, I, I am just curious as someone who likes really expensive things to like see where that money has gone in this case <laughs> yeah although it's worth noting on the soundtrack that you know they're not gonna have jeremy soul who has been con- composing most of the games yeah I, he was canceled hard um so now a I, monster yeah so Einan Zur is uh composing this one and he like you know dragon yeah age he did like stuff. dragon age yeah yeah so i'm sure it'll be great i'm sure it'll be great uh what's your next one sarah what do you got i'm so excited to announce that 2023 is finally the year that I my nostalgia is being sold back to me. Mm. And now I know how like you guys feel. I never understood <laughs> I never knew the feeling right. of like having my nostalgia like resold to me. Yeah. But so for 2023, this is kind of a twofer. We're getting the Tales of Symphonia Hell remaster. Yes. Which was a big game for me growing up. Same and then we're here. also getting a story of Seasons of Wonderful Life, which was also a huge game for me growing up. Yeah. Not a good game. But if I could just hear like the little tune again and then walk around with my watering can, I think I would be happy. I think I could find peace in 2023. <laughs> Which one to get to choose between those? Which one are you looking forward to more, do you think? Mm, probably Tales of Symphonia because yeah. I'd like to replay it with my new attitude and see if it holds up. Because I really liked that game. Me too. But, like, I haven't liked any Tales game since. So now I'm like, did I just, like... Was I just, like, a teenager and my brain hadn't, like, fully developed when I played that game? And now I need to, like, re-look at some things? I mean, I was in high school when I played it, so my brain wasn't the best either at the time. But I really liked it when it originally came out. I finished that game. So now I feel like I need to just double-check. I need to check in with myself and with Tales Symphonia and make sure that it was still good. It's going to be a fun nostalgia trip. There was a part of me uh, that was just... uh, I don't know, wincing ahead of time, but I went to how long to beat for Tales of Symphonia. It's like, ah, it's like a 45-hour game. We're like, ah. I, Had two uh, discs. Two yeah, discs. I, I don't think I'm getting through this full remaster of this thing, but I'm very mm-hmm. happy that it's happening, even if fans are upset that it's going to be running at 30 and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Story Seasons. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is Harvest Moon uh, on GameCube, yep. a remake of that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Story Seasons overall quality, like since the name shift and all that stuff, 
in my mind, it's kind of dropped off, but do you have faith that if they're just remaking those basics, it'll be all right? I mean, I don't think they're adding anything to it. They're pretty much just like repackaging it. Sure. Giving it back to me. And these are like, this is like the stick and rock of like farming games. (laughs) We've come so far. We're basically going back to like prehistoric times. Yes. Where you have to like, like A Wonderful Life was one of the first and only Harvest Moon games where you had to actually consistently impregnate your cow in order to get milk. And as a child, I didn't realize that, like, you had to, like, to get milk from a cow, it had to be pregnant, and then you had to take the baby away, and they made me do that in that game. Really? They made me put the baby cow in an igloo, (laughs) and it was just, it was too real. I had to pay to get my cow knocked up every so often when she would just stop giving milk. Uh Uh-huh. So it's, you know, I learned a lot from that game. Yeah, it's not a wonderful life, but it's it's a real life, damn it's, it. It's a real life. A real <laughs> look at farming. <laughs> uh, when's that thing coming out again? No clue. Uh, summer 2023, apparently, is what uh, YouTube's telling me here. That's nice. Uh, I'm very curious about both those things. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to, to bring in folks who are nostalgic about the GameCube in a big way. It's like, now it's your time to shine. Welcome I'm so to the new age. Give us money, you hack. Sell me my nostalgia, please. That's right. Uh, what do you got, Jacob Geller? What else are you excited about? Uh, well, uh, in addition to being the year that sells Sarah's nostalgia back to her, it's also going to be the year that answers the lies of P. <laughs> oh, boy. Yay. Yeah, all right, here we go. Lies of P time, everybody. So this is, uh, as everyone knows, the Bloodborne-esque game where you play Pinocchio or something. Um, and it, uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, like, well, I'm sure we'll talk about the from games on this list later, but it's like, I like Dark Souls. I like Bloodborne. I will play another one of those. And this game really looks more than most other imitators to be like a good version of a one of those, you know, with enough kind of weirdness that it's not just a you know carbon copy have you gotten into any wannabe souls games i say with all due respect like lords of the fallen or whatever uh sure yeah i've gotten into i mean now it's such a huge genre that it's almost you know it's like there's so many games that are like kind of souls likes but like i like neo um i think uh those games are good I played uh, Remnant from the Ashes, which was like a Souls game with guns that people talked about. So I don't know, but it's like, yeah, I've 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 played, I've played lots of Souls likes and generally enjoy them. Hollow Knight is kind of a Souls like. Yeah, um, yeah. Liza P, I I feel worried on behalf of everybody getting super excited about this. I feel like there's such a hunger for a new Bloodborne or Bloodborne on PC, Bloodborne on PS5, and I feel like a lot of that thrust is being directed at lies of p where it's like the publisher is neo whiz everybody like there's a lot of not red flags but question marks about lies of peace so even though the gameplay i do think looks good and looks like a solid take on bloodborne i just i don't want to get anybody's dreams smashed into dirt so i'm just too uh, late i'm dreaming okay you, you all can't right bring me down i'm sorry i forgot every game in this podcast is gonna get a nine five and that's how we have to go in approaching these things so lies of p everybody so they just said 2023 i think or is it uh maybe yeah. summer 2023 but curious about that thing for sure uh let's see oh boy i <clears throat> i don't know how to feel this about this one i feel a sense of guilt for being curious about this because uh, it's 
Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Everybody. Oh, I, honestly, <laughs> it's better than the other game that I thought you were going to say. Okay, good. All right, maybe I'll get to that later. Um, the Avatar game from the creators of The Division, Massive Entertainment, they've been working on this thing for quite a while. We don't know that much. Last we heard, it's coming out before March 2023. I would imagine at this point they'll just delay it and try and fill the gap year in the Avatar life between films and just have it released in the fall or holiday season or something. Uh, Jacob Keller, as a fellow fan of Avatar The Way of Water, um, we see each other, and I'm curious how you're feeling about Frontiers of Pandora. I, honestly, it's like, if they can get the the music and the kind of general vibe (laughs) of Pandora, it can be a dumb the ubisoft you know collect them up game or yeah. whatever like it it doesn't need to be innovative as an open world game if it does fulfill the just like hey you can run around those floating mountains and the avatar theme will play that's if it does that i will be happy boy do i have a game for xbox 360 for you buddy because uh <laughs> they already released a version peter of jackson's king kong well but i never played that old avatar game i guess it was pretty disappointing but yeah this one at least it's like okay the developers have a lot of experience now in the trailers it seems like they're kind of hinting at co-op stuff so it's yeah it, it is it is a dorky feeling and i feel like avatar is the ultimate i don't know dork stuff for boomers but it's like i do i do want to just go run around that world man i want to find also, new tribes i do think there's a little problem because Avatar the movie looks like the best video game ever made. And so seeing like what an actual video game of it looks like is going to be like, well, I see the, I've seen these people in CGI already a hundred times and now it just looks much worse. Right. Uh, So I think that's kind of an uphill battle. Yeah. The first pass render at uh, the quality for Avatar the water, but yeah, all they've really said, again, it's pretty late on details with like, Oh, in this game, you're, journeying into the west it's the forbidden west if you will of the avatar world so you know we'll see it's some new creatures it, it feels west. they're going it for looks it looks like horizon it does yeah we'll see uh sarah did you see avatar yet way of water nah any interest no all right well you're missing out on a Jeff big um? theatrical experience jeff um have you do you know about the way of water uh, i'll i'll stream it when it comes Ooh, to something no. or maybe maybe I'll, maybe i'll red box it it's gonna be a bad movie then you need to see it in the format which makes it an amazing movie <sighs> honestly if i gotta go to a movie theater right? to make a movie good i don't i don't care that, that, that's that. not a selling point for me like like i get the i get the spectacle i would i would go see i'll go see tarantino's next movie because okay i'll appreciate i'll appreciate that but i don't know I'm not, I'm not, I was not a huge fan of the first Avatar, so. Look, everyone makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. That's fine. Uh, What else we got? Sarah, you got another one you want to throw out there? Um, we're kind of at like the, we're at the Final Fantasy 16 part of my list. Right. Does that include Final Fantasy 16? I would say is what I would call it. Okay. um, Where I'm a little nervous. You know, I'm not completely sold on it yet. We're all scared of everything. <laughs> I, I, I like the vibe I'm so of this afraid time. of 2023 <laughs> games. Uh, what, what, uh, you know, Sarah, this mm-hmm. is a safe space. We're going to be open and honest. Uh huh. I like Final Fantasy a lot. I'm also a little worried about 16. I I feel like I don't have a burning desire in my soul to chomp into this suck, sucker yet because it's mm-hmm. like what it doesn't s- seem to be anything 
light about it. You yes. know how like Final Fantasy games are like light and they're like kind of whimsical. Some of them. Yeah. Maybe not seven. But like mm-hmm. this game it looks it looks like I'm just gonna be playing Final Fantasy Game of Thrones. That's the thing. And I'm not really interested what the Duke does with his ducal kingdom or whatever the <laughs> hell, like is going to war with the West. Right. I'm here for like Moogles, Chocobos, Tonberries. I'm here for like you know, magic. Like, woo, woo, where's my, like, Disney castle? Fun characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the thing. It's like... Not named Clive. <laughs> I think, yeah, everything here, yeah, it's Game of Thrones meets Devil May Cry is kind of the vibes from the trailers and stuff. Where it's like, well, obviously there's... You got the summons in there. There's some good Final mm-hmm. Fantasy goodness, but just... Other than the overall brand and kind of the Jacob Geller philosophy of they're pouring a gazillion dollars into this thing, so it has to be at least interesting, there's nothing that's speaking to my soul mm-hmm. of Final Fantasy nerddom in what I've seen of 16 so far. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm just not dying in a way that I would expect for a new Final Fantasy. Um, but uh, I also don't know what the gameplay looks like at all you know it's like every trailer has kind of been like big battles and it's like oh you'll be able to summon a huge thing and so it's like i i know what the summons will look like but it's like are you a guy that runs around in that game you You know it's like will there be like a big field that you can go do stuff in or is it i I have no idea you'll be a guy that runs around and i'm curious like as somebody who loves stylish action games like specifically what you think of the combat if if they're going yeah because well, they've that. been edging in that direction and i mean i love seven remakes combat uh you know and if if they just pushed it even more stylish from there yeah i would be happy yeah that seems to be the direction for sure um yeah final IC seven rebirth th- i don't think is coming in 2023 their official official I'm messaging forget what happened in the first one i'll tell you I, Poly- polygon has it on their list of exciting games for whatever but they're known I, liars so what it is is they said that it's <laughs> it's coming in the winter and so it's like man if they're releasing 16 in the summer they're not going to be in that much that. of a rush I, I feel like winter could mean march of 2024 if there's snow on the ground in minnesota then technically it's still that winter so i mean i would love it i would love to play rebirth the, the part that i pause on though is not too long ago, they released a video about like, hey, Square Enix in 2023 or thanking everybody for 2022 or something. Um, and Katase, I think it was, the producer, in that he said that like, 2023 is going to be our biggest year yet. Like, please look forward to new... He said something that implied that Rebirth would be launching in 2023. I think it was but just that idea. they also said there was going to be a big Final Fantasy XIV announcement mm. in 2023, which I was wondering is the next expansion. So I guess we're all just jockeying for like yeah. the square announcement. Yeah, who can get the marketing push at what time? Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just going to bank in my heart for Rebirth being a 2024 game and then I'll be pleasantly surprised. But maybe 16 will keep us entertained for so long we won't even miss Rebirth. Uh, okay, what do we got? Who's up next? Who wants to go? Step right up. What do you got? Uh, I got one with major caveats i guess fitting <laughs> no the again no. i cannot believe look, this look i'm gonna i'm gonna say the name of a game and then i'm gonna say why it's on this list and don't judge me until i say it okay until i get through the whole thing poker face it's everybody. suicide squad and i'm putting it on this list solely because i want to see if they actually let you kill off superman and a bunch of other dc heroes if they do that i will be 100 percent content with that game so it's okay so it's the justice league turned evil but you actually want a moment of like 
stabbing Flash and watching the light drain out of his eyes. You won't yeah, be satisfied. I mean that, yeah, his little leg kicks get slower and slower. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, the, that's the premise of the game, right? I'm not mistaken in that. Like, you it's, play as the bad guys, mm-hmm. and yes, Brainiac took over the good guys, but they're, they're coming to you to stop the bad guys, and, and I want that to mean actually killing them. If they do that, that would be a super interesting game. So I'm not just, know. like, cutting that their fingers off. That is the subtitle of the game. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to be lightly torturing the Justice Squad. I think think they are a hundred percent going to wuss out, which is why I'm so, which is which is why the caveat exists for being on this list. I think they're going to wuss out, but I hope (laughs) that they won't, and it would be super cool if they don't. Especially because this is technically the same universe as Arkham, and so the idea of like you know, I mean, kill Batman. There's, but like. They'd be I, so I think brutal. They, I think I, I read something that said Batman's like the one good guy that isn't infected in this world or something like that. And well, so in the I don't trailer. even know if he'll be like if you'll be fighting him. I but. mean, and it's like Rocksteady does caveat kill characters in a meaningful way. I mean, you they, know, they like kill the Joker. The, That's huge. Yeah, Arkham games. Well, it's like they kill him, and then it's like, well, he's still the there for the entire next game yeah but he's mm-hmm. dead he's still dead. technically there uh yeah I, I would game yeah it's 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 mostly just the the idea and the like hopeful promise of just just make a one-off game where you can go out and you're killing these characters and like every one of those deaths could just be a jaw-dropping moment of the year if they actually went through this just over and, and i over. don't think god, they will. god of war 3-esque Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, something that might, and it's too late to pivot. I'm sure they had the plans, and this game is just being polished at this point. Uh, the plans locked in a long time ago. But something that might add to that idea is, you know, with Warner Brothers, kind of the cinematic universe getting overhauled, James Gunn and his partner, I forget his name, um, how they want to unify the games and the movies and everything like that. Like, they're in kind of a clean slate mode for Warner Brothers games. So if they had to wrap up the Arkham universe or make some more concrete choices, maybe it's not impossible that they would kill everybody. But we we can all hope. That's I, what we're. That's what I'm doing here. You're, you're I'm, I'm also curious. You know, another thing that it's like probably too late to do anything, but like with everyone predicting and then being correct that Gotham Knights was going to be a total show. Yeah. You know, of them being like, can we pull back on any of the annoying stuff that that game did so that people can favorably compare us to Gotham Knights? Yeah, I have faith in Rocksteady that the game will at least feel good to play. So I'm, I'm yeah, very which curious Gotham Knights there. did not. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, here's a little one, a little rinky dink one that I'm excited about. Um, and it's uh, the new Minecraft game. Minecraft Legends, which is they're describing it as an action strategy game, um, but it, it seems like it's just going to be like a brutal legend. Like, hey, here's an RTS style game in the Minecraft universe, and it has the weird cell shading and stuff like that. Um, maybe it's weird, but I'm excited about a company like Microsoft pushing an RTS, even if it's through an action lens and through the Minecraft lens. I think that's always exciting. Plus, uh, so it's it seems like it's being co-developed by Mojang, the Minecraft people. But then the other developer for Minecraft Legends is Blackbird Interactive. Ever heard of them, Jeffem? Should I have? Uh, probably not. But maybe Leo would remember. Uh, they made Hardspace Shipbreaker, 
Oh. So it's weird that those developers are moving mm. on now and making the Minecraft RTS with Minecraft Legends, but it's coming in spring 2023 for that thing. Sarah, based on that face... Uh, oh, it's, it's the way you say it. I say Mojang. Oh, I've yeah. I've never heard it pronounced Mojang. I was trying to be cool. It probably is just Mojang, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm second-guessing it. Let us know in the comments, everybody. Uh, all right, uh, Jacob, what do you got? What yeah, else got? Uh, how about a, a little game called Resident Evil 4... Uh, colon remake. You did it. You did your least favorite thing, Jacob. What? <laughs> saying the little game. No, no, that. that's my favorite thing. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's your favorite thing. I see. I love doing that. Um, yeah, I was as as someone who when it when it was announced, I was very skeptical because more more than two and three, I was like Resident Evil Four plays like a modern game. I don't need this game with just like better graphics. Yeah. But everything that they have shown has represented what looked like pretty significant and interesting gameplay. It's like they're shaking up gameplay in the ways that I want them to, and they're not shaking it up in ways that I don't want them to. And so it's like, I think it's going to feel uh, novel, which is which is what I want. Yeah. Having what was it like the knife? counter parry there's uh, what were, i'm trying to remember the big beats of how they're actually changing well yes so that you can you know they've got the the like knife parrying the chainsaw but like you can still shoot guys and then kick them which you know is like the kind of cartoony version of resident evil 4 that i really like yeah um, but then like stuff where it's like you're going to be playing as ashley more or ashley's going to have kind of a, a, an adjusted character from the first one i think is cool um i just like i i think they're going to i think they're going to do some interesting variations on the game that i've played one million times yeah so i'm excited to see it i'm really looking forward i to wish it they would put in the wii motion controls because having to like i played resident Evil before with like a wiimote right and having to try to aim with the wiimote just made it so much more frantic for me <laughs> i don't know i would i really think it improved my gameplay like oh, it improved my gameplay experience mm, yeah, yeah. it's just screaming and you had to like slash with the knife and when you run away from the, the boulder you have to go like yeah you that. gotta like <laughs> it's amazing they should put it back mostly i'm excited that i can move and shoot at the same time it's gonna be a revolution uh, which is something i refuse to get over Mm. but i won't do it even if they let me i'm gonna stand still <laughs> I'll play at my yeah. feet. the way daddy did it well it is weird that like um they are releasing some vr stuff for there's new before not the entire game but they said i think was a p for psvr 2 that there's gonna be some yeah. bonus content or something so maybe that'll be a little bit like the wii sarah it'll scratch like a tiny itch putting their games on vr because I don't want to play a VR horror game, and then they keep putting their games on VR, and people are like, "Will you play the VR version?" It's like, no, I don't want to have a heart attack. Yeah, I value. I don't want to have a mental breakdown. Yeah, but do you want to get picked up by a lady D? Because oh, I do. Kind of. And I do want to. When you're tied to like Luis, I want to be able to like look over my shoulder at him and whisper sweet nothings. Like Leon. <laughs> I'll be like, Luis, I've always loved you. <laughs> he'll hear you that's a new thing yeah in the remake he reacts to everything you blurt out at him yeah uh, I'm looking forward to this I mean I love that original game but I have not played it since 2005 like I played it back to back but that was coming up on 20 years ago and so I feel so primed to go back to this game and have another just and that would nostalgia. be an amazing game to do a deepest dive on oh way ahead of you 
Uh, we oh. talked about it in party chat, but I'd be surprised if we didn't do the deepest dive in Resident Evil 4 because it feels like it's just the perfect Venn diagram for everything. But we'll see how everybody's schedules is looking and all that fun stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, another one that I'm looking forward to uh, on the indie front for 2022 is a game that we talked about before, but it's called The Plucky Squire. Not a great name, uh, but it looks unbelievable if you've never seen this thing. It is the game that the art director is James Turner, who was a game freak working on the Pokemon series for a long time, but he, he finally left Pokemon behind, and he's making this game that starts out in the reveal trailer at least. It looks just like a beautiful, hand-drawn, kind of 2D Zelda game that looks really creative. There's like weird punch-out segments. It just looks wild. And then the big moment is the 2D character leaves the book and then is a 3D character in a 3D bedroom. So it looks like this weird fusion of like old, super creative variant of 2D Zelda meets Tiny Ken is kind of the overall vibe here for the Plucky Squire. Um, but Devolver's publishing it. I am very curious how this thing uh, turns out. But yeah, 2023, I think, is the vague date they've given to the Plucky Squire. But I'm very much looking well, yeah, forward that- to it. That one minute and nine second trailer has already sold me on that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's so, cool. a, and it's like it's one minute nine seconds, and for the, th- the first thirty seconds, you're kind of like, eh. And then, mm-hmm. so it's really like thirty seconds that sell you. Yeah, yeah. And I forgot this weird stuff in the three D too, where it shows him like on the side of like a cup or something, and like this weird shooter sequence. It just looks wildly creative, and it looks like gonna be a lot of different gameplay styles packed into that thing. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, who else has got one they're dying to talk about? I've been Spider-Man looking forward two. to... Oh. I've, Spider-Man 2! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Sarah. The correct answer was, and I'm checking my notes Spider-Man here, two. Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac, which they confirmed recently that they're shooting for the fall of 2023, right? We'll, yeah. s- we'll see if they hit it, but um, is, is there anything specifically about what they've said about Spider-Man 2 or shown about Spider-Man 2, Jacob Geller? Or is it just, hey, Insomniac, they're really good and they're going to make a new game, the end? Yeah, they're really good. I mean, I thought Miles Morales like represented a pretty big step up in terms of both gameplay and story from yeah. Spider-Man. So even if they're just like taking the lessons they learned from that and putting it in two and the fact that they'll both be in there and, you know, who, who knows? Um, yeah, I just, you know, even though... Spider-Man started with him already being Spider-Man. It is exciting to just like jump into it where it's like we don't need to do any play setting. You know, yep. Miles Morales is Spider-Man, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. That's it. Let's go. Yeah, it's so weird that in the reveal blog they said that it's a single player game, which I think from the trailer it certainly feels co-op focused. And so I wonder how they're going to handle that. Do you think it's going to be like a Ratchet and Clank situation where you're just going to be swapping between these two main characters for the most recent Ratchet and Clank. I mean, maybe probably? like mission specific and then in the open world, you can choose to be either one. Yeah, but like managing the two different skill trees and stuff, like, I think it's doable. I'm curious to see how they handle it because they have so many Miles Morales fans at this point as well. Um, do you think uh, Venom's still cool? I mean, Venom was cool when I was growing up and then Spider-Man 3 is like, all right, that's a ding. And then Sp- Venom was hype again for a while, and then the movies came out, and they certainly have and made their him fans. cooler. I I don't know. It's like it is confusing just to get a read culturally on Venom. That said, I guess in the reveal trailer for Spider-Man Two, them showing Venom, it's like, oh, that, that, there's something there. I'm curious to see what the symbiote's going to be like. I mean, that that black game. suit is never not cool. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Spider-Man Two is one of those games on my list where it's like, 
I'm I'm weirdly not excited for it, but it but it's on my list because I know that when it comes out, I'm going to have a lot of fun. Playing. It's going to be a blast. It's, it's yeah. It's it's one of those sequels where it's like I don't. I don't know that I never ever need to play another Spider-Man game after playing just the first one. I didn't play Miles Morales. Ooh, you should. But but I'd still like, and I I should I should just go play Miles Morales right now, and I'll probably enjoy it, and then I'll enjoy Spider-Man Two when it comes out because they're all great games. So, okay, so you're gonna do that but right yeah, now, it, or yeah, okay. So if someone else can fill in for questions, yeah, or... we'll call up Jacob. Oh crap, he's already here. I don't know. We're out of ideas. Uh. Can I can I do another one to do. dovetail off that ex- same exact conversation? Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is like the same camp of I'm sure I'm going to enjoy that game. And even when I saw uh, screenshots of Cal, what what's his name? Cal Ripken. Or Carl something? Carl Ripken. Yeah. Carl. Yeah. 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 Carl. Carl. Right. Um, yeah. It, it was like I. It's it's gonna be fun, but I just have yes, I'm so, so unenthusiastic about about going into it. Like, and and part I don't I don't really mean that as like a you know as a criticism of the game though. Like I think the I think the first game was was such a good you know like whole whole experience that I was satisfied when I was done with it. And it's just one of those games that I don't think I need a sequel to, but when I play it, I'm sure I'll enjoy it and be like, yeah, I'm glad I played this. But just seeing Cal's face reminds you of how bored you were by that character in 2019? Yes. I, I, yeah, still... he's, I, I hate the beard they gave him. It doesn't mm-hmm. look good. Yeah, that's not that's not redeeming anything about that Yeah, character. what can he do? If he, like, shaved off his red hair, no offense to redheads, and then, like, I don't know, wore a cool Star Warsy hat... And got like Darth Maul tattoos. And he he named himself Cassian Andor. (laughs) Right, Uh, right. Yeah. They could introduce a new sidekick in like the the first two hours and then they could kill off Carl. And then... (laughs) And then you'd play as the sidekick, the cooler sidekick for the Mm. rest of the game. And the the Jedi Survivor, surprise, it's not Carl. It's a different (laughs) There you go. Perfect. Yeah, it's the person in that tank that they keep thinking that we want to see. Aren't you curious about yeah. the person in the tank? They've asked us repeatedly, and we said a little bit, and they just won't listen. We played Jedi: The Force Unleashed too. <laughs> we get it. Uh, yeah, that thing that's gonna be good, and that's coming out damn soon. Is that also a March mm-hmm. game? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Well, I'll be damned. Sarah, you got another one? Oh yeah. Uh, we're kind of getting into my indie sections, but I feel like indie games have been really hard to track lately. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like they get announced if they don't actually have like year dates. So for mine, it was Dredge, which I think Dredge. I talked about before. But you play as a little fishing boat, and it's like a solo exploration adventure where you're a little fishing boat, but you're also uncovering like dark mysteries. So it feels huh. very like, you know, misty pier, dark. That's a really good awesome. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surprised it's not taken. That does seem cool. Is it uh, is it like some Wind Waker nostalgia, you think? Feeling this like a dark take on just exploring mm, in a I'm big not open? Really a fan of like fishing games, but I think for me it's um the like discovery aspect of it, like yeah. the uncovering something spooky I really like in games. Yeah. Yeah, that seems cool. Dredge is that thing. And have they set a release date or is it just twenty twenty three? They said they said 2023 and they feel okay. confident in 2023, but I have had to like cross out games on this list 
because they just won't give a year yeah or they still say 2022 and i'm like you lie you lie to me just stop it's it, it's like the bummer with like sports story where they said 2022 mm-hmm. and they snuck it in just under the wire and right then based the on the quality of the game tech wise seems like a lot of people are like you should have just held it because this thing is pretty buggy have you been playing sports story by the way jeff uh just a little okay i i haven't gotten far enough yet to come to any kind of uh, conclusion or opinion of it. Yeah, I had a I had a bug early on, and I kind of gave up on sports story. And it seems like people in the community who stuck with it are also like, eh, it's it's all right, but a lot of bugs. But it's fine. Just delay the game, everybody. If you promised it coming in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three, we're fine now. We're all sophisticated on the internet. You can just relax and release it whenever you're damn ready, and don't run into a sports story situation. Uh, let's see. Oh, on the um, well, let's go back to AAA town, uh, if you all wouldn't mind. Uh, a game that I'm strangely looking forward to is uh, Street Fighter VI coming out June 2nd. I'm not a huge fighting game guy. I'm not even a medium-sized fighting game guy. There's been some fighting games I like. Um, but this one, it, I, I can't think of a preview cycle that has been hotter than Street Fighter VI. And the fact that they've let so many people play it for all these betas, like... They ev- let me play it. Exactly. Yeah, what'd you think of it? Yeah. I thought that it was, I really liked the controls for people who are new to fighting games. Right. So it plays a little bit more like Smash, and it's not as combo heavy. I thought that was a, it made me enjoy it, and it made me feel competent after about 10 minutes of trying it out. Perfect. Um, uh, but I don't know, because like, they don't really hold my attention to fighting games, but I'll be rooting for it. But have you looked into that single player stuff, the world tour mode? Where it looks absurd. It's like running around the actual streets from Street Fighter and building your character and getting into random fights. And it looks wacky and has like Yakuza level weirdness at times. Like I am really looking forward to that. Yeah, but it's not Yakuza. Well, it's It's not. It's probably more like a Splatoon where there's like, you can run around this little area and go shopping. It could be. But I think just having them try something new in the single player arena, like I really enjoyed surprisingly the last couple of Mortal Kombat games, I got into them in a big way. And a big part of that was just like, oh, having that single player content to blast through as a way just to get used to this game. I really love it. So even if it's just a wacky, weird mode, I'm looking forward to Street Fighter VI's world tour. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious about this. But yeah, everybody who's played it, especially like fighting game super fans, like all their streams, everyone's just like, this is the real deal. This feels like the perfect fighting game. This is what we want from the future of Street Fighter. So yeah, June 2nd is when that thing's coming out. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how it all lands. And hopefully this uh, is the one that does it. And I'm super into fighting games forever then. I have I have two games that both, I kind of don't believe they're real, but both of them are scheduled to release uh, this year. Um, one, the less real one is PAL World. Uh, that game oh, that's like the Pokemon making like AK-47s. Uh, so dumb. Which is like, <laughs> they've showed enough trailers. When I first saw the trailer for this, I was like, this is absolutely not a real game. But like, they've showed more trailers for it. And I I still kind of don't believe it's real. But like the fact that Nintendo hasn't made them stop making it yet. And it's got as much attention as it has. Makes me feel like at least it can legally release. <laughs> and is it just the absurdity of Pokemon with guns or what's doing it for you? Well, I mean, but it looks the interesting thing about it is it looks enormous, like yeah. from the number of things that they are showing in the trailer, you know, that it like it has everything that a Pokemon game has. But it also has like these weird combat situations where you're like using the Pokemon for their abilities 
while like shooting people, but then you can like you, <laughs> you know kind of throw... like enslave them. Yeah, in a way, and they work in your like, factory. It has for like you. factory building, but maybe they're breaking out of the factories. But like, I don't know. the The <laughs> ambition is there. I just think it's kind of not a real game. Yeah, Pal World. Um, um, yeah, and we should and then, we should note that in the similar vein, Doka V. In the realm of, I was going to say, how are game? you feeling about that? Uh, well, they, I guess it's 2024 now, so we can hold all of our judgment for Doka V until 2024. And it'll definitely come out then. Yep. <laughs> um, the other one, which is going to come out and soon, um, is Atomic Heart. Yeah. Uh, which is a game that I wrote a preview for when I was an intern at Game Informer, no and it had way. already been announced like two years before that. Oh wow. Um, but the weird. I just feel like almost like Power World. Every time I've seen a trailer for that game, I've been like, that's not gameplay. Like, it's like there are just too many discrete animations. And like, like it looks it looks like a Bioshock pre-rendered cinematic trailer. Right. And all of the trailers look like that. So either it's going to be a game of incredibly high animation quality or they're kind of concealing what looking like it actually feels like yeah or what playing it feels like yeah i'm really curious like it's a ukrainian developer right and not you can just combine everything but that makes me think of just like the metro team and it's like well technically they're amazing maybe there's some talent that migrated over to this studio for they're in the same area uh it's but like it really just it's been in development for so long yeah atomic heart if you had to predict it I know it's your favorite thing in the world is that Metacritic score. If you had to predict the Metacritic score for Atomic Heart, where are you, where are you putting it? 7-5. Uh, 7-5, seven, five. Seven, five. okay. I uh, think I think that it's going to be... Uh, everyone's going to say the world is amazing. Uh, technically, it's pretty rough. Yeah, I think that seems like a fair bet. I, uh, I ran into this weird scenario recently where, just speaking about how good that game looks, where uh, I upgraded... Uh, my PC over the winter break, which was a fun experience. Um, but I, after all that, I had this weird moment of like thinking, what game do I run to really push it to its limit? And I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the equivalent of Crisis is now. You know, like it was for so many it's years. Any cream of the seam game that is like <laughs> for some reason thirty six gigabytes. Right. Okay. So there's a game. And you don't know Fortnite. why exactly. There's some weird, yeah, Bitcoin mining happening in the background. Yep, yep. That's how you push modern PCs. But like, I looked at a list. Some site had like the games to push your computer in 2022, and it was like Ride Four, which was like some motorcycle racing game from 2020. So I got that, and I was like, yeah. It's all right. It's not blowing my mind in a huge way. I've played good-looking racing games before, um, but yeah, I got to I got a thirty eighty, Sarah. Wow. Are you happy? Congratulations. With me? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it was weird to like talk to somebody at at Microsoft there about like, do I go for the forty eighty? And it's like, I don't think there's a reason no. to realistically no, no. at this point. <laughs> um, but on the uh, and we bragged to everyone that we live by Micro Center. We've that's been right. blessed. That's right. It's I'm jealous. the best. It is the best. Um, but the biggest game changer with the the new PC, which yeah, sixty four gigs of RAM. I really just overhauled everything except for the the drives. But um, the big game changer is like the fans. I replaced all the fans. I cannot even tell that this PC is on. It is dead quiet. And I wrote this down just for all the uh, dorks out there. Uh, Noctua NF F twelve PWM. 
Noctua, NF, F12. Uh, those are like the fans that I got. It, they blow my mind. Like multiple times I've crawled down to the case just to make sure that they're actually spinning because it is just radio silence. And it's like, God, I could have just done this on my old PC and it would have felt like a new PC just to go from some old clunker to absolute silence for a PC running. But it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun, Sarah. Especially when you go the coward's way out and you didn't build it yourself. But I just went there and I was like, Did the Micro Center people build it for they you? They did. They did. That's that very cute. Did they pick thankful. out the fans for you and everything? They did. Yeah. That's a, adorable. Uh, Crowboy says, did Ben buy the ugly brown and tan ones? Yes. That's exactly what they were. <laughs> and the guy even selling it to him, he's like, these, they're good, but they're like brown and tan and they look gross. I'm like, I don't care. Give it to me. So I'm very happy for that. <laughs> You're like, it sits away. It's under my desk. I don't look at it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What the, how's your PC doing, Sarah? It's good. It's good. What's, what graphics card do you have these days? I only have a 3070. Oh, my so God. So you're, you're a step up from me. That's disgusting. Yeah, no wonder mm -hmm. Cream of the Steam stuff doesn't run well. Come on. Yep. You said if only it was 3080. Just imagine. Uh, what else are we missing? What other big games that we haven't hit yet? I got a not big game. Yeah. Uh, it's, the, it's the one that only I'll care about, and it's Blood Bowl 3. <laughs> you weirdo. We like it. We like it. <laughs> I I like it. And and honestly, like Games Workshop is the publisher of the tabletop game and no one no one has any confidence in Games Workshop for what they do, but it's I like it because it's it's such a weird and unique take on what is essentially just a turn-based kind of tabletop strategy game. Like like the the rules of football are perfect for making a weird turn-based game out of because they're yeah. so convoluted to begin with and it's like okay you got to get downs and you got to you know like how are you going to pass the ball and you're moving your characters all around the field but then you're also murdering each other because they're orcs and elves and whatever and i'll play it and i'll i'll be the only one who plays it and has fun with it and that's okay with me i want you when you're playing blood bowl 3 i want you to take a picture of the first big smile you have on your face and send it to us please Okay. That's all I ask. And then you'll show it um, to us at the game of the year discussions, <laughs> like yeah, a PowerPoint, yeah. and you'll be like, this is how I If that go. doesn't get it on the two tens, I yeah. don't know what will. Yeah. yeah. Just slowly zoom out more and more on the photo, and the, it'll just climb up the two tens as we're seeing that <laughs> freaking <laughs> grin on your face, man. Uh, a couple to just rattle off. Yeah. Uh, Armored Core, I feel like there's not that much to even say about it because we don't know anything more well, than when we last saw the trailer, but like, I'm really excited about that game because it's... A from game, and I mean, um, since then, I think IGN said the interviews are here. We talked about it on the podcast, but they very oh, much yeah, said like, did. "Cool it, don't think about it as a big old Soulsborne game. Like it's still level based. There's going to be big bosses, but it's not going to but be." Also, also, they said in that that they're going to have a posture breaking system, which got me so hype because can you imagine <laughs> the animation? You know, it's like posture breaking was what you did in Sekiro before you like did the death blow. It's like imagine what a mech doing a death blow to another mech looks like that it's going cool. to uh blow my mind uh, also um i haven't cared about this series in a while but assassin's creed mirage Ooh, uh, yeah. theoretically a smaller assassin's creed which to me sounds cool yeah yeah kind of that same appeal as like the like a dragon gaiden but yeah i'm with you i'm more intrigued by that just knowing that it's a smaller game even though i i liked what i played of valhalla but it got to that xenoblade level of like I, there's no way i can finish this so at a certain point i'm just throwing in the towel completely those are good ones um, I'm looking forward to a game called Arc Raiders, which we saw at the Game Awards 
two years ago now, but it's a bunch of former um, DICE talent, um, kind of the leads of uh, DICE working on Battlefield. They left and they formed Embark Studios. Um, and it's that third person co-op free-to-play shooter that has like the 70s aesthetic. But it seems cool. And like just the the pedigree of the team, I'm ready for this one to surprise a lot of people with it being surprisingly solid. Um, and they're releasing another game, I think, they did a test for it, so I'm assuming it's coming in 2023, but it's called The Finals. Jeff, I don't know if you saw this, but it feels kind of like a more of a test of their tech before they release Arc Raiders. But they're pushing destruction in a big way in The Finals. And Hello. so, yeah, it's like them trying to rekindle some of that bad company magic in a free-to-play game that's co-op. I think it could be cool. So Arc Raiders is one that I'm looking forward to. And then The Finals is the name of that other one. Uh, what else we got? Mop it up. Anybody else got some little small ones? There's that game that looks like a Kojima game, but it's not. Yes. Pragmata. Yes. Uh, I which is another game that I kind of don't think is real, but at the same time, I do want to play it. Totally. Yep. That's a Capcom game. I'm very curious to see what that thing is actually like. Uh, people in the backstage past here are yelling about Sea of Stars, which is that... Uh, throwback kind of Game Boy Advanced RPG from the developers of The Messenger. That's coming mid-2023, they've said. Uh, on the indie front, Mina the Hollower from Yacht Club, the ne next game from the creators of Shovel Knight. That's coming out in December of 2023. Uh, Pikmin 4 is coming out. Diablo 4 is coming out. Forspoken and Dead Space are coming in January, towards the end of January, which is mind-boggling. Uh, Suikoden 1 and 2, those remasters. It should be interesting. Chia, like T-C-H-I-A, Oh, yeah, that game looks really cute. It does look really cute. Yeah, I'm really curious about that one. That's the one that's a little... Sarah, how would you describe Chia again? It looks like Wind Waker. It is a little Wind Waker, that's But it's sort of right. like if you got to just stay on the first island and then protect it from environmental destruction. Right, and then also it looks if like... you stayed on outside island and never left. Right, and your grandparents lived a happy life. Um, well, and then they were dying because the corporation was polluting the waters. Right. But then also in Shia, you're like, you can take over other animals, it looks you like. You like turn into a seagull? Or yeah. Something? There's you, some... like, you can like take over other animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm excited about that thing. Curious how, how it shakes out. Uh, and then Alan Wake 2 is coming in 2023. So Kyle can be very excited about that. And probably Goldeneye will be re-released in 2023. So I think this is going to be a good game and a good year, everybody. All right. Jeff, do you know how this whole thing operates? It's uh, patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. That's right. And where do you type that in, though? On your on your computer keyboard? That's right. That's right, everybody. Find the tier that's right for you. Patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. Thank you to everybody who let us hit our cozy holiday feast goal over there on Patreon. We are forever indebted to you. And we're going to be streaming that in the back half of January, just a reminder. But Sarah's going to eat so much, um, she's going to spill all over her bib. We're promising that for the cozy. Wait, there's going to be bibs? I don't remember <laughs> hearing about this. Honestly, we haven't really brainstormed it yet, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think bibs would be funny. What are we eating, like wings? I don't know. You also don't know what we're going to eat. Just the coziest food. I don't know what exactly that I think is. It would be funny if it was only wings. <laughs> <laughs> Appetizers. Four buckets of wings. That sounds great. Uh, thank you to some of MinMax's biggest supporters, people like HelloFresh, 
Speaking of food, I don't know if you know of HelloFresh. They want you to know that with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip, tri uh, skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why, don't forget, it's America's number one meal kit. Um, HelloFresh rules. Um, they're so easy to use, and my wife is trying to get me more into cooking, and it turns out HelloFresh is like the easiest way to do it, because you can't mess up, really. And they ship you the ingredients all in like pre-portioned little bags, so you don't have to mix and match all of them in one big shipment. Um, so they sent over a bunch of more food. So, Sarah, if you had to choose between these, which one would you cook first? Yogurt marinated chicken with garlic sauce, one pan mango salsa pork tacos, or uh, meatloaves with a sweet chili glaze. What would you go for? I'd probably go for the tacos yep. first. That's what I did. I did tacos, then in the chicken, then I'll probably have the, the meatloaf tonight. Uh, but uh, just delightful. Uh, easy to make. Sarah, easy to make with this HelloFresh, I tell I've, you. I know, I've used HelloFresh. Hey, I'll be damned. I learned that a lot of things, for some reason, have sour cream in them. Mm -hmm. And it's delicious. That's right. And there's always a dash of salt in everything. <laughs> You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them, they say. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. And HelloFresh's latest line of meals include robust flavors and filling portions, and they're ready less ready in less than 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like, Jeff, I dare you not to salivate. Recipes like a falafel power bowl, seared steak and potatoes, and potatoes with Bearnaise sauce, Southwest pork and beans and bean burritos. There's everything available there at HelloFresh. Check them out. So go to hellofresh.com slash minmax21. Minmax21, all one word, and use that code MINMAX21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. I repeat, HelloFresh.com slash MinMax21. Use that promo code MinMax21. 21 free meals plus free shipping is what they say. Uh, so check it out. There's a link below for all this stuff and the promo code. Uh, also, thank you to our friends at I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know about a downright vinyl bonanza that's happening at their wonderful online store. If you like vinyl soundtracks, you like video games, I'm telling you, I Am 8-Bit is the place to go. Go to their store. Everything in that store is cool, especially the vinyl collection. There's some great stuff in there, like the Chicory soundtrack on vinyl, the best. Uh, so if you go to their wonderful online store and you use the promo code WETBANDITS, all one word, WETBANDITS, you can get 10% off of everything that is under $100 in I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store. Cruise through it, find something you like, there's going to be something in there for you, I promise. And use that promo code WETBANDITS, all one word, for 10% off. All right, this got promo codes for HelloFresh and for I Am 8-Bit. They're in the description below. Get yourself a deal. Check it out. Help support the show. And help support I Am 8-Bit because they're shipping out a prize to the community like they do each and every week. We can't stop them. So whoever has the best question submitted over there on Patreon for this episode is going to win the vinyl soundtrack to the Muppet movie. Very good. You got the rainbow connection in there? That's right. Very good. So there's a prize each and every week from I Am 8-Bit. So jump in there over on Patreon. Even at the $2 tier, you can submit a question, and then we'll choose our favorite, and they win this cool prize. So here we go. Uh, Luis Garcia writes in and says, Happy New Year! I know you barely have time to keep up with each uh, year's new releases, but what was your favorite game that you beat in 2022, but technically released before 2022? What do you got? I everybody? beat Nier Automata. 
Not for the first time, right? No, for the first time. Okay. And how many, yeah. when you say beat, what does that mean for Nier Automata for you? Like how many endings are you going through? I, fin- I finished all the endings. Nice. It, yeah, it was like, I kind of, I had to kind of like push myself after the second ending because you really think that it's just going to be the same thing over and over again. Right. And you need people being like, no, 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 no. It, it, it actually changes once you get past those first two endings, but. Okay. I really enjoyed it. That's exactly where I'm at. It's like, I like that game, but I got like halfway through the second version of that story. And I'm like, I, I didn't like the gameplay it's, enough, it, but. It, 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 it's absolutely a completely different game after mm-hmm. the. It's okay. like, you're not, you're not doing the same story beats again. It's right. like just a fully, you know, it's, it's just like, here's the fourth, fifth and sixth chapter of that story. All right. I should go back to that at some point. Realistically, I don't know if I ever will, but I want to in my heart of hearts. Um, I beat the, it's weird this happened in 2022, but I guess it was like right at the start. I finally beat Tomato Adventure, that Game Boy Advance RPG that never came to the States. That was last year, Sarah. Isn't that crazy? Feels like a lifetime ago. I know. Well, wasn't it like a 10 hour, multiple 10 hour streams or? It was, it was a lot. I'm trying to remember. I think the last stream for it, I think, uh, yeah, one of them was over 10 hours. Uh, It was, it was really fun. You know, it's kind of fun. I think like my wife is out of town. It's like, this is how I'm going to spend my weekend is just marathoning tomato adventure. And then like the translator showed up in the chat uh, and he was like guiding me through these impossible dungeons later on in that game and stuff. But it was so fun. Anybody else play some old stuff last year? I guess I uh, played and beat Jack and Daxter. Hey, for the deepest dive. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, heads up. my first time playing it. Don't play Jack 2 according to Janet. She says it's a bad game now, so... Uh, you've been warned from her actually. favorite Will game do. of all time to a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's rough. Uh, Sarah, how's Final Fantasy XII going? I saw you were streaming that. I'm only like three hours into it. Oh, really? But I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I'm enjoying the quality of life changes they made in the PS4 release of it. But I'm I'm worried because people are like, oh, it's a slog, and I'm like, I'm worried that I don't have the stamina. But I'm here for. I love Viera. Yeah, oh, I stand cool. the bunny girls. Yep, and yep. I'm wondering, is that enough to get me through the game? Well, it's really weird coming from your perspective because, like, back in the day, not as somebody who didn't play 11, it's like 12 is like, well, I really love 12, but you know, it feels a little bit like an MMO, like a single player MMO with that combat in particular. But now, as somebody who like loves the Final Fantasy MMOs more than the mainline, I'd imagine, like, it must be weird. I'm doing a lot of like, oh my gosh, that's from Final Fantasy 14, and people right. have to be like, no, Sarah. It's from Final Fantasy Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that goes back to tactics because it's all Ivalice and mm-hmm. it's all a fun mm-hmm. intertwined thing. But that's nice. Yeah, I don't. Um, I know that game goes on for a long time. If you do like the hunts in particular, I remember doing those forever. So you can dodge those. And the new version, you can speed up combat, right? It's funny. You can do like a fast forward. Yeah. Okay. And everything just goes really fast. But especially if you have those gambits set up, you can let her roll. I think that sounds kind of fun. I beat all of the Years of War games for the first time last year, or at least the, you know, one through five. Uh, and five freaking rules. Uh, Gears 5 is so good. Easily my my favorite of the franchise and and one of my favorite games I beat last year. Because that's the one where they experiment more with, like, the open stuff, right? Yeah, and it's like, that's fine. You know, I could take or leave that, but it's just, like, of all of them, that game just feels so good you know it's like playing going back and playing like gears two and three it was like you know 
they really nailed down the feeling, but playing it now, it's just like the enemies are just too spongy and it's not quite fun. And five has like exactly the right level between still, you know, takes more shots to put someone down than it does in like Call of Duty, but it doesn't feel like you're just like emptying magazines into bugs that don't react. (laughs) Right, Um, Right. And it's like the story of five is great. Like it's like it has a genuinely very good and interesting story. Do they? Are you gonna be disappointed if they don't make a Gear Six? Are you under the assumption that they're gonna continue that storyline for the next? I one? I mean I'm under the clearly they mean to like yeah. you know five does not end conclusively. Okay. Um, and I would be disappointed just because I I think they have like. I think with five in consideration, six would just be like a banger game. Yeah. Uh, the one, the, the one, the J one, one gotcha, buddy says, hello, Ben and crew. Uh, well, you finally got me. Oh, that's weird. Um, after listening to you all for years, I finally became a patron to get you all that holiday party you deserve. And this is my first time writing in. So go easy on me. All right. Everyone be super nice, please. Um, my question is, Let's get pissy. So right now, everyone's going to talk about all the games they're anticipating, but what are the games that the crew thinks will be disappointing or bad? What will be 2023's Callisto Protocol, Gotham Knights, or even as bad as Babylon's Fall? I feel like we already kind of hit on this. <laughs> I think like, yeah, that, was pro- that was list. most of my list. I thought yeah. that was mostly like, I think, I feel like we already visited that. Uh, I, yeah, I think I hit all of mine. I think Starfield, Suicide Squad, and Liza mm-hmm. P are going to disappoint a lot of people. Those are my predictions. Um, I think Forspoken is not going to be great. Okay. Um, and I also think that I'm, I can't remember the name. Uh, I think Redfall is going to be very disappointing. <gasps> That's a great option. So much arcane love going into this thing. And it's, it, it's just the co-opiness, like having arcane. I mean, stick it, on literally nothing that they have shown has looked remotely interesting. Like there, I just, I've watched the trailers for that game and it's like, I don't understand what part I'm supposed to be intrigued by of this. Oh, God, that's a bummer. Maybe they'll pull it off. Who knows? Yeah, it's just so many studios are going for that co-op focused game. And it's like, I I mean, how many people on Earth are going to sit around with Suicide Squad and play that game all the way through with three of their buddies? 14 tops? I just, I feel like there's, is this, maybe, is it just the press bias of, it seems like a fantastical world to play through a big co-op like that game, like on a consistent basis with a regular group. I just feel like co-op is like a, it's for teens, you know, <laughs> especially with like an M rated game. Cause it's like, well, kids can't play it because it's too violent and I can't play it because none of my friends are ever not doing anything on the yeah. same nights. They and have so free it's like, time. yeah, they're the mm. only ones with the free time to like get f- three other friends together at the same exact time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philip McDougall writes in and says, Hey folks, longtime listener. And recently I became patron supporter number 3,200. Very proud to be able to support such a great group of people. Thank you. Um, yeah. The Juan thought that they were the one that got us over that goal. It turns out it was actually Philip who let us hit that goal. Exactly. So thank you, Philip. Um, my question is this top tier free to play multiplayer games like apex legends, halo infinite and overwatch two are becoming more and more popular. Typically the only thing you have the choice to pay for are typically cosmetics. Oftentimes though, some of these games get massive amounts of negative feedback from the community. Are we greedy? What gives us the right to complain about games that are free to play. Interesting question, Philip. 
So, so is he coming from it more from a perspective of what the fans want from the game in terms of like more content or something? Because when I read that, I thought it was like, hey, what gives critics the right to critique these games? I think it's, which is a completely I think it's separate fans. thing. I think it's fans. It's like kind of the general outrage. It's it's weird to side on behalf of big companies, but yeah, Philip's angle is like they're giving it to us for free. Shut up, everybody. Which <laughs> yeah, uh, so. I'll put my hands up. Could oh. not disagree more. Oh, uh, interesting. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's like, it's a cliche, but like, if something is free, you are the product. You know, like that's, that is, that is true. And, and for, you know, I'll just talk about Fortnite because that's the free game that I play all the time. Um, Fortnite, I think, has a really generous monetization scheme in general. You know, it's like you actually earn enough money in the battle pass that you can buy the next battle pass. So you really only have to buy it once. You know, that's great. Um, But the reason for that is because they are trying to get you addicted to playing that game. And I don't use that term lightly. It's like like the actual gambling addicted. A new thing that Fortnite has done this season is they used to have weekly challenges that would all back up and so at the end of the season if you hadn't played before you could look back and see you know 10 weeks of challenges that you could complete um now they disappear every week which means that you have to play the game every day in order to complete the challenges in order to get the most value out of your battle pass you know it's a free game but like that game is used for advertising companies pay money so their movie characters can get in it or whatever like you know it's it's free for a reason. It's not free because they're generous. It's free because they think they can get more money out of you by making it free. Right. Um, yeah, so it's fair to criticize. I mean, I, I always think of like, you know, how much time I spent trying to download free games as a kid, just getting so much malware. And it was just a disaster on PC back in the day. It's like, I, I just imagine like, God, if I was a kid now, there's so many great games that if you... Do not get sucked into the vortex of needing and wanting cosmetics and stuff that'll cost real money. Like, there's so many great games that you can play for free. So I kind of get part of the spirit that Philip's going for here. Um, yeah, the, I mean, there, there's also like you can you can provide feedback without being shitty about it. Right. Like, like that. I think that's the line of like, don't be, you know abusive to the developers of these games or whatnot not but even what if you're playing for free or what whatever like providing feedback to the developers of what you want or what you don't like has value to it both for you know especially for the developer like they that gives them something to go off of if everybody's complaining about something the alternative to to not like complaining about it or telling them that you don't like it is people just stop playing it if they don't like it. So I I don't think it's I I understand the like the spirit of the question, the the intent of the question. There is there is certainly many communities out there that are that are toxic and that's a completely different thing, but the fact that some games are free doesn't certainly doesn't justify any level of toxicity or it, but it also doesn't justify, you know, not providing critical feedback to something that you don't like. Yeah. Thanks for writing in, Philip. Uh, Dylan Kelly says, hey, folks, what voice line from video games is forever stuck in your head? 
I personally hear lines from the 2001 RTS Stronghold Crusader almost every day in my head. I'm sorry, Dylan. I'm sorry for your torture. Does anybody have any lines that are baked in forever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I played all the God of Wars on uh, like the hardest difficulty when I was a kid, and so I would play those boss fights uh, 100 times before I'd beat them. And so there's like there's a boss fight against Zeus and the checkpoint starts with Zeus saying submit and Kratos <laughs> says I would rather die and like <laughs> great <that's> writing <laughs> every every time I uh hit submit not every time but like probably a good third of the time that I hit submit on anything which you do 20 times a day as someone who lives in the current world I hear the little v Zeus voice say submit <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect that's a good one. There's a Princess Peach voice line, and someone will have to tell me where it's from, but I've heard it all through my childhood, and it's like she wins. I don't know if it's like Double Dash or something, but she goes, oh, did I win? Oh, God. And I don't know where it's from, but it has been like rattling around in my brain since I encountered it. So I think I played a lot of Princess Peach. Like, I don't know where it's from. I couldn't tell you. It molded your voice, molded your personality. Your life <laughs> has just been crafted around this one line from Peach. Probably about once a week, I will just randomly exclaim, "It's a me, a Mario." For no really one. deep cut, Jeff. No pretty. Be good. Like well, you have to, brushing, you have to change that after Mr. Pratt revolutionizes yeah, yeah, the yeah, character. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to learn a new uh, accent. It's me, -accent. Mario. Jeff, are you willing to tell the story on air about living in America, <laughs> the James Brown song? What? <laughs> All right, never mind. I'll save that for later. Uh, you remember, you told me an embarrassing story about James Brown's living in America once. Do you not what? remember this? All right. I'll... Subscribe to the backstage. Yeah. No. All, right. All right. I'll bug <laughs> you about it later. Uh, minor okay. dumb. Um, uh, in Dragon Ball Z Budokai, the fighting games. See, I'm a fighting game guy. Hang on. You just remember, Jeff? <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Oh, you're torturing everybody by not sharing this embarrassing story. <laughs> oh, but I can't remember. I, I honestly can't remember how it goes. I it, remember, it, but I don't know if you want me to say it. Yeah, sure, say it because it's 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 bothering me now too that I can't remember. Jacob. For years, for years that you this used to happen. Yeah, what was it, <laughs> Jacob? Is this too mean to save for a backstage pass? Because it is a weird thing to say on air. I'm gonna save it for backstage pass. So remind <laughs> me if you're at the ten dollars tier. I apologize for monetizing this tease, but uh, I will save it for backstage passers because it's weird. Uh, anyways, mine on a more innocent front is the fighting game Dragon Ball Z Budokai. Every time Krillin would shoot a little key blast, he'd go, can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? And you just like, he would blast that so many times in the game. And apparently I played so much Krillin that can you feel it is constantly in my head. Uh, and then from Independence Day and PlayStation 1, they say, bogey in your tail and coming home. And that is just also baked in there and I can't free my brain from this prison. Uh, Catherine Gilbert writes in and says, question for Sarah, you made me embrace more of the kawaii aesthetic. Do you have any tips for me? Oh. Accessories, clothing, or game-wise? Yes, it's to just ignore the intended audience of it and just accept it into your soul. Okay, so no matter what, if it looks like this is for a 13-year-old Japanese girl... Yeah, just ignore it. It's for you. Accept it into your soul. I think that's the thing about living in Japan is, like, it's okay if you're, like, older to, like, you know, kawaii, like, Hello Kitty or little anime characters. It's okay. Right. But right. I've had people come into my office, which is very sort of like, you know, cute, 
it's got a lot of my favorite things in it and they'll be like is this for a child oh, and no. i'm like no it's for me like why can't i like surround myself with the things that make me happy and suddenly it's like oh i thought what you think this $200 Hatsune Miku figure on a Pac-Man is for a five-year-old? <laughs> no. It's for me, and I paid for it. And yes, I regret it, but maybe it no, keeps me it. young. Uh, really? It's good. Yeah. Uh, all right, so embrace it. There we go. Uh, Peter Gallagher writes in and says, Ben, a long time ago on the podcast, you asked us to write in with crazy coincidences. I'm still happy to, to hear more if anybody has any crazy coincidences. But uh, Peter says, I had one that happened recently. I stopped at a McDonald's on a road trip and was served a very hot cup of coffee. I realized this while driving. I took off the coffee cup lid, attempted to pour cold water in the coffee to cool it down. And when I looked up, I saw the license plate of the car in front of me said, coffee. <laughs> and I laughed out loud, but took it as a sign that I probably should never have been doing something like that while driving on a highway. Yeah, that is true. It's good. Please send I thought your coincidences. This was somehow going to be I was like listening to a podcast about that lawsuit with the woman with the McDonald's coffee. And then I scalded myself. Yeah. Uh, Sly Cut writes in and says, I like puzzles and I'm generally very good at them. Uh, there's one type of puzzle, however, that stumps me every time. The sliding tile puzzle. I was going to say, is it the slide? <laughs> that was oh, my answer. Yeah. <laughs> I hate those. Yep. Usually lots of tiles that are scrambled. It's one of the missing, with one tile missing, so you can slide the tiles around to rearrange them in the correct picture. I've never figured out the trick to consistently complete this type of puzzle, and my heart sinks if it ever shows up in a game because I'll usually need to look up a solution. Are there any puzzle types that you constantly struggle with? I, I've learned to like that type of puzzle because back in the day when Wind Waker came out, like Ronnie was playing it and it went over there and he had all of those, help me out Sarah, there's like a part of the game where it's a bunch of slide puzzles, but it's like an optional area or like a late game area or it's something. It's a little like Oasis vacation home that the teacher lives in and I think she gives it you the deed and it contains a bunch of slide puzzles. I think okay. that's where it is. Okay. For some reason I was just like- Or is it, is it at- Never mind. I don't know I don't where know. it is. Whatever reason, I sat down and I didn't play Wind Waker back in the day, but I just sat down with his copy of the game and just sat over at his house for hours and hours and did all of those slide puzzles and convinced myself that I'm really good at them. So you just need to just did blast through it. Did you just like brute force it or was there like... No, I used my genius 13-year-old brain. Was there brain. thought behind it? I'm sure. I mean, you've seen me play games, sir. I don't, I don't <laughs> think there's ever much thought behind anything, but somehow I got it done. Um, I don't like riddles. Like, like just word riddles, I, I feel like they are too obtuse for me. And like Silent Hill 2 has like a really cool system where the puzzle difficulties, you can get like harder or easier riddles. And it's like in theory, I think that's cool. But in practice, I just like am bad at them. That's why you hated the second back uh, back half of God of War Ragnarok, because it's all hinged on a riddle. That's right. It tortured you. Um, but fortunately, I didn't figure it out. So I didn't ruin that moment for myself. Starmid watching live the backstage past here. They're asking about the the sliding puzzle. Yeah, the sliding puzzles are the pieces. That's the one we're talking about. But they bring the up the well. Uh, they're talking about the picture puzzle. Yes, where you have to like rearrange it to form a picture that you don't really know what it's yeah. supposed to be until you do the puzzle. Right. But Star brings up another type of sliding puzzle, which is kind of the I always associate it with. I think it's Pokemon Silver and Gold, like where you're on the ice and there's like rocks scattered around. And you have to like go mm -hmm. in a straight line, then it'll stop you. Then you have to go this way. I, I don't mind those. I think those are fine too. Yeah, those are those are okay. Those are doable at least. The Ooh, the tile yeah. ones, I think part of it is just I don't have the patience for it. And so it's just like after two minutes of trying sincerely to solve it, I just start moving it 
around until eventually it's they're going to get yeah it feels like but i never get like a rubik's cube where people who know how to solve them are like yes there's this pattern that you do but it's like Mm -hmm. i don't have the pattern so who knows thank you for reminding me at a dream last night that i was on survivor and our challenge was a rubik's cube and it was a freaking nightmare. Don't You're ever welcome. solve those. Uh, James Gameboy writes in and says, most of my anticipation is for the is for all the games I've been seeing from the Playdate community. It's going to be a big year for 1-bit Zelda and Metroid-like games on the Playdate. I'm glad you all play and talk uh, all day long about the AAA games for me so I can have some relevant gaming knowledge and just stick to the Playdate and retro stuff. So thank you for that, says James Gameboy. I like your life, like James Gameboy. I like the pleasant mindset to live in i know where you have a play date and you're like and this is what i play all my games on and i'm really excited for the new games that i that i'm gonna get like yeah someone's making a new good zelda clone on play date and i'm looking forward to it james you're better than all of us and we want yeah, to none of this like you. starfield no 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 no. <laughs> take it back to the basics please uh, Luca alberti writes in and says the new year of dreams is upon us silk song coming soon and it's apparently, quote, enough said, despite it being labeled as such back in 2019, and the direct sequel to Breath of the Wild will finally release six years afterwards. Do you think development teams will find a cap in size and scope that allows them to go back to shorter development cycles? Given the current developer shortage and growth of ambition, it seems unfeasible for the industry to be sustainable. Personally, I think Final Fantasy 16 not going OW, Overwatch, was a great call to deliver the game in a timely manner. Open world. Open world. Thank you. That makes much more sense. But I fear that might have been uh, might have been approved just because 15 was already in that arena. Um, yeah. Do you think development teams will find a cap in size and scope that allows them to go back to shorter development cycles? Good question. Like Jason Schreier, I think Luca was. I was. I was no. about to ask if he saw this tweet. Yep. I think Luca even mentioned that uh, in this in the full version of this question. But yeah, Jason Schreier just tweeted out something that lit Reddit on fire, which is like, yeah, if developers are starting on a game right now, it's a PS6 games, because these games are taking so long that realistically, if you're starting fresh, we're at that point. Uh, but Sarah, what are you thinking about this? My cynicism says no. Yeah. And that it's going to be just as long as it's always been. But I would, I think if you wanted a shorter cycle, you have to look for, you have to like simplify your expectations of the games that you want to play and like. Right. You have to go for like the games that do one thing really well versus like the AAA games, which will have every single facet of a video game in it, all tied up and like QA'd and everything. So. Yeah, I, I feel like that is putting a cap on it is the only solution that the industry is going to have. And I feel like the new Assassin's Creed is kind of like the testing ground of that where, you know, publishers have been complaining about and also justifying raising the price of games every generation because they say, oh, it's just getting so expensive to make games that we, that you have to pay more for them. And it's like, well, but part of that is the type of games that you're choosing to make. Like you're the ones who are deciding every game has to be a massive open world game with a thousand icons of stuff to do on the map. And gamers, it really, like they buy those games, but it, like all the publishers want to be the next GTA five. That's why they're, that's why they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on every one of their games because they want that billion dollar breakout. But I, I feel like there's, Maybe maybe this is just our like 
media bubble, but I feel like there's plenty of people out there who are like, oh, a shorter Assassin's Creed, sign me up. Like, yeah. I want a more narrow scope thing. And I think publishers are afraid to do that because they think it's not going to, you know, make them the the amount of money that they want to get from these games as well. I, I always think of like, uh, you know, when Square sold off um, Tomb Raider, where it was like, oh, like the last Tomb Raider, you know, like didn't meet our expectations, but it was still also the best selling Tomb Raider, right. you know, that up to that point. And it's like, you you have skewed expectations about how much money you want to make and you're chasing that by continually blowing up the games bigger and bigger. But at some point, yeah, that's going to break and you're not going another $10 on top of the price of admission isn't going to fix that. You're at some point you have to start making smaller games and and, you know, like believe that there's going to be an audience for that or just accept or like just come up with realistic budgets for the for the type of experience that you're making. Yeah, I have hope. Maybe it is naive that there will be more kind of double A games because like the the seemingly new engine tools, you know, like the tools that like Unreal 5 has and stuff for like generating landscapes, characters, whatever. As someone who does not develop, I look at that and I'm like, wow, look at how quickly it can make these things that in the past would have taken, you know, months to create. Maybe that will let smaller teams, you know, chase not huge, but like bigger ambitions. But maybe it's, you know, I, I don't know, maybe having those tools just makes the demands of everything else higher to like meet the same standard of quality. Yeah, it is tough. It's like, how do you send a message to the industry? Like, most of us are okay if you aren't pushing the boundaries of graphic fidelity. Like, I'd like to have two games a year that really push it <laughs> visually and everything else. And I'm fine if you make some throwback looking thing as long as the gameplay is fun. I, I think the sales of indie games has confirmed that. I mean, Vampire Survivors, look at the success of that. That looks like trash. Yeah, but I do also think that is maybe a bubble thing for us where it's like, yeah. video, there are yep. videos on YouTube that get tens of millions of views that are demonstrating that like, you know, GTA 5's car physics are less sophisticated than GTA 4's yep. or Assassin's Creed Valhalla's knife animation has fewer frames than like, like recycled uh, animations and got to wear people, Ragnarok. People like are annoying stuff. as hell about that. And yeah. I do think that there are as many of them as there are of us. Yeah, that's probably fair. But yeah, I, we talked a little bit about it after I got back from GDC last year, but that was a, a big, interesting theme, just talking to developers at AAA Studios and all the panels. But it is just this weird vibe of uh, all these games are getting bigger and bigger and we need more and more people to work on them and we have just run out of talent in the game industry. Like everybody's frantic to hire and part of that is also combined with a very healthy realization of not wanting to crunch anymore. And so that takes, realistically, if you want these games to come out at the same clip, that takes even more developers to throw in the pile. And so at a certain point, it's just, we don't have the talent. Uh, slowly, it'll bubble up from the bottom. But at least for big developers, they were all panicking about, we have so many positions open and we're trying to save our team and trying to finish this big of a game in this amount of time. It's I would just push back and say those are all senior positions because I think yeah. a big issue in the video game industry is they don't want, they don't train as much as other places. You kind of have to come in with like 
a resume of something that you've already done, which is just like my criticism of it is yeah. a lot of those positions are senior positions. And it's like people who are senior are making better money, not in the video game industry. Right. Probably. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there was there was that story about The Last of Us, too, that uh, Jonathan Cooper, who was the former Naughty Dog animation person, talked about that was like Naughty Dog has run out of animators that can meet its standard of quality and so they're hiring movie people to make the games and that means that the animations look really good but also this game took three years longer than it should yep. have to develop uh which is certainly a running out of people to make a photorealistic game problem yeah for sure uh, Mr. Buttons writes in with a critical question. What is the appropriate amount of time you can stay at your table in a restaurant after finishing your meal? Let's say like default restaurant, like Olive Garden. How long you sit at that table before Olive it's... Garden? Why forever. Is default re- forever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can live in that booth. Never leave. <laughs> How bottomless is this salad? Uh, okay, what, what do you think in general then? before maybe it's... I would say, first you have to say, like, how busy is the restaurant? Because mm-hmm. if it's busy and there's people waiting and you're sitting there and chatting, you're going to hell. You are going to hell. Let's say it's not full. It's at 80% capacity. It's it's humming along, but it's not... Are you being actively... Is there a waiter or was it, like, an order at the counter? Waiter. If there's a waiter, you should... I would say 20 to 30 minutes. 20 to 30. Because then you're holding their table hostage. Yeah. I think, you know, it's like, as long as it's... If it's busy and or an hour from closing time, you should leave. Uh, mm. You know, like you should. I think you should be generous with, uh, you know, if the restaurant says that it closes at nine, you should be getting out of there by eight fifteen if you're done with your meal. Um, but yeah, it's like I don't I don't think, you know, as someone who worked in a restaurant, it's like when it wasn't busy, I didn't care if people just hung out there. Oh, that's nice. Which restaurant you work at? Uh, Bull City Burger in Durham, North Carolina. Oh, what'd you do? Uh, served people burgers. You served people burgers. I mean, I was, it was like, it was an order at the counter, but then bring it out to you place. And so I was just like front of house. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I went, I was in the airport not too long ago in Minneapolis and I went to the Smack Shack and I got just like a bunch of chicken tenders and a bunch of waffle fries and it was great, but I didn't realize they were closing down. And so I got it to eat at that restaurant. And so it was like, they were starting to lock the doors and clean the place up. And so I was like, I need to fly through this freaking meal. And so I ate all of that food in like under two minutes. And I really thought I was going to die afterwards. Like, I don't think a human heart's meant to consume 3000 calories in two minutes, but it was for them. I did it for their team. And they thanked me. Very nice of you. Thank you. They called me a hero. And I said, please, please. Uh, Drake Heinhorst writes in and says, In 2022, I managed to get 19 platinum trophies and noticed that while some games do a good job naming their trophies, others do not. I thought I would list out some of the platinum trophies I earned and the crew could guess the game it was for. No game in the list is released before 2017, just for a little clue. So these are the names of platinum trophies. You guess the game. All right, Jeff, I'm y'all warmed up, ready to go? Ready. Elden Ring. Turns out it's Elden Ring. That's a, a very <laughs> cheeky way to kick this off, Drake. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, the platinum trophy is called Bunker Mastered. Bunker Mastered. What game do you think that is? Think of the word mastered in particular. Oh, so not like Fallout. No. Nope. I was like Fallout. 76. Emphasis on mastered. Emphasis on what we talked about earlier with Sarah. 
a certain master is a role within a game that Sarah plays every other week. What does this have to do Some with D&D? Final Fantasy. Okay, it has a little bit to do with D&D. It's a game that came out early last year. We didn't talk about it for the 210s. Maybe we did, I forget. Plague Tale. Uh, <laughs> Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, everybody. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Mm-hmm. Um, Fist of the Immortal. What platinum is that? Fist uh, of the Immortal. Correct. Very impressive. Oh, nice. Very impressive. Excellent job following directions. What's that platinum? Stanley Parable. Wow. Ultra Deluxe. Oh. Very good, Jacob Keller. Is My that, God. Is that the, does he say is it the original? It's Ultra Deluxe. That's the, one, that's the one that you had to not play for seven years. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. the original had hilarious achievements, and one of them was don't play the game for seven years. Oh, that's so good. Um, Conquistador. A game that came out 2021. Big game. One of these that we're talking about that's ridiculously big. Conquistador is a Spanish word. If I may be so bold. Can you give us the, the official definition? Somebody who conquers. It's not like an Assassin's Creed. Warm. Is it? Is it? Um, oh, is it Far Cry? Far Cry 6. There we go. Mm. Way to go. Um, so long RC. So long RC. And RC is the, uh, the abbreviation for a town. So a game where an iconic video game town perhaps blows up at the end. And the initials are RC. Oh, um, uh, Resident Evil 3. Hey! Two, three. three. Three remake. Way to go, buddy. Very impressive. Everyone is very smart. Everyone did a good job. Uh, what do y'all like for question of the week, everybody? Sarah, might I remind you, we had the voice lines that are stuck in our heads which are going to pay off for the backstage passers, puzzles that we hate, um, development team size. How are you feeling? I like the puzzles one just because I okay. really hate slide puzzles. And I just feel like if we keep manifesting them, they'll stop <laughs> putting them in video games. Okay. I don't okay. know who yeah, the- we have to... Who, who's the manager of video game puzzles that we need to talk to, but... The, the fact that he also called out the correct answer to that one. Yeah. Uh, I'll sign off on that one. All right, there you go. Sly Cut, you just won a prize. It's the Muppet Movie Vinyl Soundtrack from I'm 8-Bit. That's just going to show up in your mailbox. And all you have to do is submit a question over here on Patreon. We appreciate it. Uh, now it's time for something that we like to call Get a Load of This. So good. Sarah, what do you got? This is going to be incredibly timely. Okay. But, um... Kenny Omega walked out to the Sephiroth one-winged angel and he's cosplaying Sephiroth and it looks incredible. They like spread out a huge wing on like the giant mega screen. 10 out of 10. That's good. I think But I feel like if I walked out on stage to one-winged angel, I think I would instantly become a villain. I don't think I could come back from that. Right. Is he um is he a heel or what's going on in modern wrestling? I have no clue. Okay, I think you'd have to be if he's walking out I just saw this, and I'm just here for the one-winged angel. That's good. And Kenny Omega. That's nice. Are you into wrestling at all, sir? No, but I don't... I kind of was forced to 
acknowledge it. Yeah. Because there's a really weird overlap between people who like Japanese video games and people who like wrestling. I, yep. I've talked to multiple people and I'm like, where is this coming from? And I have not gotten to the bottom of it yet. But when I do, I will let you know. Sarah, you think they have the same style of line delivery? Where I one no person clue. says something and there's like a is four it, second is gap. It the, and fan, then... the anime of it? I, I don't know. Uh, the secret is dorks. We're all dorks. And they're very dorky <laughs> things, if I may be so bold. Uh, hey, get a load of this. This is um, from a writer roundtable that uh, Hollywood Reporter published on their YouTube channel. But it's with a bunch of people who released some great films this year. Sitting around talking. So, you know, Ryan Johnson and Tony Kushner from The Fablemans. And Daniel Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once. A bunch of folks like that. Um, but they talked at a certain point in this roundtable about the worst writing gigs they've been offered, or like the worst projects. And Daniel Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once told this story where he said that he got a call from Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey was like, okay, do you know, and this is before they made Swiss Army Man or anything. And he said, do you know about paranormal activity? And he's like, uh, yes. And Jim Carrey's like, that movie was really successful. Found footage of horror movies. This is huge. And here's the thing. We're going to be making Dumb and Dumber 2. And the weird thing is Dumb and Dumber 1, while we were filming it, the set was haunted because we filmed parts of Dumb and Dumber 1 in the hotel from The Shining. <laughs> so there was like weird ghost stuff happening everywhere. So I want you to go and film a found footage film about the making of Dumb and Dumber 2 because I bet this one's going to be haunted as well. And so Daniel Kwan's like, um, I don't know, but the thing he went back and thought about it, he's like, you know what, this is so weird. Yes, we should do this. We should make a found footage horror film about the filming of Dumb and Dumber 2. And that they agreed to do it. Um, and so they contacted like, the producers of Dumb and Dumber 2 and they're like, what are you talking about? No, like that's just Jim Carrey reaching out to you. Like this was never greenlit in any way. We're absolutely not allowing this. So anyways, they talk about it in the writer's round table. There's a link below if you're interested. Uh, Jeff, you got one? Yeah, get a load of this. Uh, I stole this one from I Mean Leafion because I didn't have my own. Um, so, but this doesn't count as the community one, okay. just to be clear. Um, but uh, CNN has made a documentary about Dionne Warwick. And a news story came out from the documentary where uh, apparently in the 90s, it says she hosted an intervention um, at her house for Snoop Dogg and a bunch of other rappers because she wanted to confront them on their misogynistic lyrics in their songs. And she insisted that they all be there at 7 a.m. sharp. And Snoop Dogg said that everyone was so scared that they were all in her driveway by 652 <laughs> in the morning. And then and then she like she went on to berate them and she insisted that they all call her the B-word to her face. And she like basically shamed them all. And and Snoop Dogg says that he, he said that day she outgangstered all of them. And he, <laughs> but he's he says that like he completely changed his career and the tone on all of his music from that point on. And that like he's he hopes that he's like lived up to her expectations from him and stuff. And it's, it all sounds very interesting. And now I want to watch that documentary. That's cool. But, there's a link below. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, you got one? Uh, yeah, there's a, a feature on uh, GameInformer.com on uh, the the uh, Ryu Gagatoku in general, uh, them as a studio talking to people. Um, but there is just this anecdote uh, about the series, the Yakuza chief director, Ryusoku Hori, um, 
and and I'm just going to read this line. Um, Hori's life work is not the Yakuza series. It's karaoke, and he has the stats to prove it. Hori keeps a spreadsheet of all the songs he can sing at karaoke. Once a year, he prints out the most up-to-date version and carries it around with him. Figuring he might need it today, we print, he printed out a new one just in case. When he hands it over, I look over the meticulous details spread across a staggering 7,964 songs. <laughs> Why print it out? Why don't you just have it in like Google Docs or something like a normal karaoke fan? It's like, so you imagine, can hand it to people. Yeah. Is it like imagine laminated how too? how many times... It's like... like if, if even if you sang five songs a night at karaoke, like imagine how many nights you would have to do karaoke to have that many songs. <laughs> uh, you got one from the community, Jeff? Yeah, get a load of this. Uh, this one is uh, from Nick from Fantasy Critic now. Uh, I believe formerly from Atlanta. Right. Um, but it's, it's a tweet uh, about Jamal Williams. Um, and he was... He, he plays for the Lions, and he was asked in an interview um, what he thinks about what Aaron Rodgers said about the Lions. And his answer, <laughs> you, you, should, you need to watch the clip for yourself, but he, he basically starts by just saying he doesn't care, he, he doesn't watch TV, he just wants to go home and play Pokemon. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the... Uh, the person asking him says, oh, Pokemon? And and then he gives him a bunch of grief for saying Pokemon instead of Pokemon. And <laughs> As it's, it should just, be. Yeah. I love That's it. That's what every football player should be. He's earned his millions of dollars. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, hey. That's it for this episode of The Midmax Show, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening. We appreciate y'all being here. We'll be back each and every week throughout the year. Uh, this fun will never stop, we promise, as long as your support keeps rolling over there on Patreon. And thank you to some of our biggest supporters at the $50 tier on Patreon. They can declare themselves the game champion of any game under the sun, and we have some good ones. Logan Krause declared themselves the champion of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords. Procyon number six is the champion of Ghost of Tsushima. Malcolm Holiday, I love this choice, chose Cave Story, but specifically the freeware version. Malcolm Holiday is the champion of that version. Jesse Spencer is the champion of Yakuza Like a Dragon, a game we can't stop talking about. Ray Luaza is the champion of New Pokemon Snap. Great choice. A beloved recent game. All right, that's it. Thanks everybody for being here. Sarah, how are you feeling? Worried about the game of the year discussions this year already. Based on just listing out some of the games that are coming out? Yeah, I don't know. We started with talking about how obviously Breath of the Wild was going to take it. Right. And then we all discussed the games we were actually looking forward to. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like it could, like, it seems like it might be kind of a rougher year for It seems like we're scared one. of every game that's coming out this year. Why would we live <laughs> yeah. in fear? Uh, we don't need to. We can just sit back and assume that the team over there at Nintendo knows exactly what they're doing and it's going to be an easy, it's going to be the equivalent of the Elden Ring win, I think, for Breath of the Wild 2 or Tears of the Kingdom. I need to get used to saying. It just just relax there. It, just imagine it's going to be a completely stress-free debate because it's just going to be Breath of the Tears of the Kingdom and that's it. You okay. Can, did you get stressed out at all during the 210s, do you think? No, because I didn't have as many like horses in the race as right. I did the previous year. Um, this year, I it was a lot easier to pick the ones like, and people agreed with the ones that I picked. So like, our opinions overlapped more this year. Right. But when our opinions kind of don't overlap, it gets a little bit harder. It's harder. I um, I think I tuned into one of your streams and you we were talking about 
the two tens of game of the year stuff and and you just said like honestly I don't care as long as Elden Ring wins I don't care about anything yeah. else on that list and I was like okay good Sarah's <laughs> she's she's weak she's Plato we can uh, yeah, we can exactly. slide her fix her out as long as Elden Ring she doesn't have it. the strength to fight <laughs> her backbone's gone mm-hmm. all right thanks so much for watching and listening everybody we'll be back next week be good have fun let's go all right uh, show that inappropriate where's story. the story all right